and welcome to episode 41 of Owen the Saints. I'm your host, Patrick Serlis. With me this afternoon, I've got Jack. Jack, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, Pat. Merry Christmas. How are you? Merry Christmas. Yes, good, thank you. Uh, would have been better if we got three points this afternoon at Craven Cottage. We're chatting after the goalless draw against Fulham. Um, two goals chalked off for the Saints through VAR, which we'll come to shortly. Jack, what did you make of the overall performance? Uh, I mean, it was a strange game. It was a strange game. Not much happened. I was really, I was really excited to watch and uh, watching the game today, and it didn't live up to my expectations at all. It was you know, slow. I think we only had three shots on goal, which just summed it up completely. We didn't test Fulham enough. Um, there were some positives. Diallo came in for his debut, and I thought he gave a solid performance. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, had a couple chances, had a couple goals chalked off for offside, um, debatable penalty, which I'm sure we'll get to. So. Yeah, potentially could have won the game, but on the flip side of it, Fulham had some great chances. So I think all in all, we have to be happy with the point because I don't think we really did enough to be you know, gutted that we didn't get three points today. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, you just mentioned the stat there. Three shots on goal. That's a joint fewest in a Premier League game since the 2003-2004 season. If we look at the team news going back before the game, obviously without our a key spine really of, of Yannick Vestergaard, Oriol Romeo and Danny Ings all missing. And and for those that didn't see some some pretty dire news from, from Hassan Hootel in the build-up on, on the injury to Vestergaard. Yeah, I mean, it was on Sky Sports and they just did a quick pre-match interview with him and they were asking him about Vestergaard and it was, it was awful news. He said he's out for at least four weeks with a knee injury. Um, potentially even longer than that. So it doesn't look good. With Redburn and Ings, I think they're muscular injuries, so probably be a little bit less time, you know, um, sat out. But the, the Vestergaard one is not great because he's been so, so good this season. Uh, interesting to see Stevens get the start over Salisu, isn't it? Very, very strange. Yeah, I mean, just to go back to Vestergaard, it's absolutely gutting just because he's been so good for us since he came in after those, after the shaky start to the season. He's come in and absolutely bossed it. And he's so key to our attacking um, style of play as well with his passing through the middle. So a massive loss. Um, as you said, surprised that Mohamed Salisu, who's been on the bench now for, for quite a few games, didn't get a look in. I can only think maybe that with Ibrahima Diallo starting, uh, Ralph didn't want to throw two people in for their full Premier League debuts. Um, that's the only thing I can think of, of why he went for Stevens, who's obviously got that Premier League experience. But I mean, what's Salasu going to have to do to get to get on the pitch in the Premier League? We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. He didn't train for ages, and now he's been training. He's in the squad, and he's not even playing. So very, very strange one. Um, there, there must be there must be more to it behind the scenes that he's just not up to speed yet, and they don't trust him in terms of throwing him into this fixture. I mean, if he doesn't get the start against Shrewsbury in the FA Cup, then serious questions <laughs> need to be asked of his of Big his time. quality and what happened and who we signed. If he's if we're not starting him in that game, um, yeah, there's there's something really wrong. But to be fair to Stevens, we know what he brings to the team, and he was he was solid. He did a great block at the end, um, potentially goal saving block. But um, yeah, interesting lineup. I thought we're, on the strikers, we'll get onto the goals in a minute, but. Don't know about you. I want to see Theo and Shay as the partnership. Shane Long got the start today. And I think every Saints fan listening right now will agree with me. Pretty non-existent from him. Didn't really, you know, add much. He had a shot in the second half, which was 
stung the palms of the keeper. But apart from that, didn't really do too much. And I think it, it puts puts us on the back foot a little bit when you play with almost 10 men. You put Theo up front. When Danny Ings got injured, in the first time he got injured, they he did go with Theo and Shea. And I thought they struck up a decent little partnership. Since then, he's... Ralph has kind of avoided doing that again, which I don't really understand because I think that's the best two that we've got. And we do have options in that, you know, attacking midfield position. So interesting one, interesting one. 100% agree with you. I've When the team news came out and I saw Shane Long up front, it, it's just, I'm sorry, Shane, lovely bloke, but it's a little bit demoralising um, just because you know that you, the threat that he offers isn't in front of goal. It's just what he brings to the team is a bit of running in the channels. And I'm sorry, but that's not good enough at Premier League level, <laughs> unfortunately. Interesting as well to see Michael Abafemi um, back from wherever he has been, out in the wilderness, it seems like, back on the bench. Jan Valerie as well, back on the bench. And that in- injury to Danny Ings has, has allowed Obafemi, I think, to get another look in, in the first team picture. I'd prefer, even as bad as Obafemi was at times, I prefer to see him up front over Shane Long. If we weren't going to go, obviously, the first choice, as you said, would be, for me, it'd be Shea and Walcott. But if we're not going to do that because he wants Walcott on the left, then I would go with Obafemi over Long, just because I don't see Long bringing anything to the to the first eleven. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. But, um, well, just on the game, we did have a great chance from the free kick. James Ward-Prowse in oh, the first gosh. half. Um, but honestly, we could talk about his free kicks all day, but I was, I was chatting... Um, as I was watching it to Tom and we were saying the way he steps up to free kicks now it is like we, we I watched the game before which was Leicester against Man United and you've got James Madison on free kicks there he's got the ability to put it in the top corner but it's just not consistent enough what Ward Prowse is doing when he puts the ball down is you know it's going to be consistently a great effort now it's he's yeah. really going to hit the wall he's really going to sky it's going to put it on the money and it was a brilliant save from the Fulham keeper and what did you make? Shea's got to bury that rebound. Did he tip it he? onto the bar then? Yeah, it was a brilliant save. He tipped oh, onto the bar. I missed that. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the follow-up from Shay. I mean, I've been one of Shay's biggest fans over the course of this season. Just his work rate's phenomenal. He's scoring some goals. But that, I'm sorry, you have to score that. And I've seen all kinds of people suggesting reasons for why he didn't put it away from the spin on the ball. I mean, it's all it's all nonsense. I mean, he's got to stick that away. The ball bounces up and he's caught, I think, in two minds between going with his head and putting putting it away with his foot. And the ball just bounces up at an awkward angle and he's and he's caught in two minds and he doesn't either. And it's and the and the moment's gone. You're a striker. The ball you you've reacted brilliantly. You just need to stick it away. That was a huge, huge moment. And I'm sorry, Shay, I'm one of your biggest fans, but that was shocking. <laughs> yeah, no, he, you could tell with his reaction as well. He, he knew, knew as well, didn't he? He knew he, straight away. I mean, it's just an absolute sitter. It is. I mean, if you do that on a in, in your Sunday league match, you're getting ripped from your you teammates, aren't you? So pelters, yeah. You're getting pelters. So the Premier League footballer, you have to be able to anticipate the bounce. It took a bit of a spin, but like you said, he was unsure about whether going with his foot, his knee, or his head. And in the end, he did neither. And that was a brilliant chance missed. I mean, so that was that was the big chance for us in the first half. They had a few opportunities defensively. What did you make of, of that back line then with Vestergaard missing? Um, they obviously had Lookman out on the left, who, who was a threat. Ruben Loftus cheek as well up there is also a threat. And then through the middle, through the middle, uh, Ivan Caballero. They caused us some problems, didn't they? 
I did. Anguissa had a brilliant chance in the first half where he probably should have scored. Cavalera had another good chance. A lot of their threat in the first half was coming down that left-hand side with Anthony Robinson, who we spoke about last week, and Adam Ole Lukman, who I think's improved massively since that Penenka miss at West Ham. He seems to be a brilliant mm-hmm. player now. Um, causing more competes, all sorts of problems. But quite an interesting stat I saw after the game. It was the most tackles by any Premier League player this season, Walker Peters today. 11 tackles. 11. He was a, putting a brilliant performance on that right-hand side because he had a really tough test. Um, on the other side, Bertrand had one of his solid games. He wasn't exceptional. You know, he, he was decent, didn't stand out too much. Mm-hmm. We spoke about Stevens and, Vest- um, Stevens and Bednarak. They were, they were solid, gave away a few chances, but all in all quite good. And just on Diallo, I thought, you know, he, we haven't spoke about him too much, but he came in obviously alongside Warprowse, difficult game. You're playing against some big midfielders against Fulham. And I think Anguissa is a very, very good player. And if Fulham go down, he'll get picked up by another team. Um, very slow first 20 minutes. I was quite worried because he didn't really get on the ball. And obviously both of both you and I have played sport before. When you're in your first game for a team, you want to get a touch of the ball at the start just to calm the nerves. And it looked like for the first 15, 20 minutes, he was chasing shadows. So a little bit worried at the start, but after he just seemed to grow into the game and he was brilliant at just interceptions, the simple passes. Um, yeah, really encouraging for someone who's 21 years old. Yeah, I mean, because Romeo has been fantastic, huge shoes to fill in that central midfield and 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 as you say to see him grow into the game is fantastic obviously I think Romeo's going to come back in against West Ham on on Tuesday but it's good to it's good to have options in that middle so really really positive from that point of view I think it's important to say as well obviously going into this game you you said you're you're really optimistic looking forward to it as was I we're obviously coming off the back of the draw the draw at Arsenal the defeat to Man City would have loved to get three points today and Fulham are in the relegation zone and it, what, the win was there for us. But this is not the Fulham of early in the season that we're getting turned over really, really easily. I mean, Scott Parker has does deserve credit for making them a little bit tougher to beat. I think that's four draws on the bounce now for Fulham. So they're not the super open team that they were at the start of the season. And they are slightly more difficult to break down. And I, and I think we found that really. I mean, we weren't we were a long way from our best, but... The fact that we only had three shots on goal, it does does speak to the fact that that Fulham that Fulham are more difficult to break down these days. Definitely. Um I was looking pre-game just on some Fulham social channels like the Fulhamish pod and the athletic reporter for Fulham, just to see their their you know preview to the game. And all of them are very optimistic. They were seeing the Southampton team sheet without yeah. Romeo, Ings and Vestergaard, and they were thinking this is a brilliant chance to play a quite depleted Southampton team. So whilst we can be a little bit disappointed not to win, I think you know from Ralph's comments post-match, he understands that you know we're not at full strength at the moment. To get a clean sheet away in the Premier League, no matter who you're playing. Has mm. to be, you know, has to be um, cherished, really. Yeah, I mean, it's three games without a win now. Uh, this is one of the trickiest periods of of the season in terms of the games are coming every week. We're playing two a week, basically. Uh, in the last week, we played three games, and it's really testing on the squad. And we've had injuries at bad at a bad time. I think it's important to remember that we got those points on the board early in December. So we've taken eight points, I think, from a possible 15 for, for the month so far with, with West Ham at home to come. And that's one that will be for sure targeting three points. Obviously, Romeo will come back in. Vestergaard and Ings will be without them. So they'll be huge misses. But overall, it's been we, we've negotiated a pretty difficult period of the season 
considering the injuries, I'm not too um, not too discouraged really. And we have to mention VAR because we could have easily come come away from this game with a one nil win. Now Fulham would have been disappointed with that, but I think we had the opportunities. What did you make of the first goal? We credit to Shane Long, lovely finish. Unfortunately, he's a half a yard offside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the things we need to talk about now are VR and substitutions. But VAR, um, name a more iconic duo than Shane Long and offside. I think I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that so many times in the last six or so years. But ridiculous finish. It was just sums it up that he was offside and he can put it into the top corner like that. Um, he, he's like he's he's one that's he's a striker that scores like the most difficult chance that he'll get in the game is the one that he's got the best chance of scoring. Yeah. He'll get like he'll get a sitter and he'll completely fluff his lines and he'll get one like that, which is just a ridiculous finish, and he'll just stick it away. Yeah, yeah, it was. But um, the the really impressive goal which got chalked off was the second one, which was the move down the right hand side, um, and it's such a brilliant ball in from Shea. And the it first was, time, fin- yeah. first time finish from Theo that shows his quality. We spoke about it before, but to be able to t- that deft touch past the keeper, it was such a shame that he was just half a yard offside. But um, I wanted to see, like we said, I wanted to see that partnership from the start because that's the partnership that's going to cause problems. So it's a shame not to see Theo a little bit more central in those areas and he could put those chances away. We had Ralph dancing down the pitch, I think for both of them celebrating it. And obviously um, VAR intervened on Ralph slightly I guess there's, there is a talking point for sure is the substitutions didn't make our first sub until the 91st minute the game was crying out for a change wasn't it honestly I didn't understand what I was watching I didn't understand what I was watching we've got a we've got nine subs now it's not like we've, we're, we're lacking choice we've got options there you could bring Gineppo on move Walker up front put put Gineppo on the left um Bring Teller on. I thought Teller looked bright against Man City. If we wanted to change it up front with Long, we could have put on, on Lundalu as well. I mean, there were options there for us if we were looking to win the game. Especially the key thing for me was that we're playing on Tuesday night Yeah, against exactly. West Ham. We've got yeah. a big game on Tuesday night against West Ham. We talk about we're getting picking up these injuries all over the place. You need to be able to rotate your squad. And like you said, you need to be able to call on Gineppo give a Lundaloo more than three minutes. He looks, he's been looking quite promising in the cameos that he's got, but you need to give the lad at least 20 minutes to really get a good assessment of what player we've got on our hands here. Mm-hmm. Teller's had a bit more time. Um, you know, Will Smallbones was back on the bench today, which was good to see. Uh, but it was crying out for a change. And it was one of those games where the longer it went on, I was thinking Fulham were going to win this. Mm-hmm. Fulham were going to get that chance and win this. And I think we maybe did get a bit lucky not to concede. It was just, it was a strange one not to change things because I think it was just so obviously either petering out for a draw or yeah, we we're going to lose it. We've got a quick turnaround now, as you said, to Tuesday. And you think that, that potentially puts pressure on us now to make changes on Tuesday. And I think we, we'll, we'll have to. And I think one of those will be Gineppo coming back in. And I don't know who's going to need to be rotated, but I'm sure there's some very, very tired legs in that Saints dressing room now. Just playing playing 90 minutes, 90 odd minutes there and being asked to play again on on a Tuesday evening is not easy. Um, as you said, great to see Will Smallbone back in. That's another option in that kind of number 10 attacking midfield position if he did want to rotate it. Stuart Armstrong is another one that's played lots and lots of minutes recently. He'll need a rest, I'm sure. He, he hasn't been himself recently, has he? So I think maybe a rest would do him good. Yeah, he hasn't. We've, we've got used to a brilliant Stuart Armstrong, one that, 
contributes a lot in the final third with goals and assists. But yeah, we haven't seen it's the same quiet. drive. Yeah. I haven't seen the same drive and run from him. Like you said, we've got options there. And that's, I think you hit the nail on the head of that. It puts pressure on Tuesday. We make a few changes on the hour mark today and you can maybe keep the same consistent team on Tuesday. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be very surprised to see that 11, you know, turn up against well, West Ham. You, you can say also- that Romeo's going to come back in. But beyond that, I think we, we, Chad Adams is going to start up front, whether it will be long um, or not. And we might move Walcott up up there with Che and then put Gineppo on the left. I mean, that's something that I would definitely be be happy with. Definitely. I don't want I don't want Shane starting against West Ham. I think we need to be a little bit more on the front foot against them and I don't I think, think Shane offers I mean, it, I'm not sure if this is harsh or not, but I, Shane Long's role in the team for me now is basically if we're winning a game and it's quite tight and we're looking to hold on to a lead and we want to make a kind of defensive attacking substitution like towards the end of the game, you know what I mean? Like that's why I see a very narrow role for Shane Long in this team. And that is the position that I'd want to see him in the team. <laughs> no, it's, it, is, it is harsh, but it is fair now. He doesn't have the quality of the Premier League striker to score the goals and get the assist. So he is, you know, if you want to shore up a game, you put him on. So that's the harsh reality for it, isn't it? It is. So on to Tuesday, West Ham will chat after that game. Jack, fingers crossed, three points. As we said, that's three games now without a win but I think we got a little bit spoiled earlier on in the season uh, another clean sheet I think if you saw Ralph's quotes after the game he was emphasising clean sheet over and over again because he was very very happy with that and ultimately he said quote, the quotes are quite similar to what to what he said after the Arsenal game and just in terms of being satisfied with a point and, and I think that is while as fans we'd love to see us go for it it would have been killer to lose that 1-0. So ultimately, I am satisfied with that point, same as Ralph. Yeah, I mean, a point in the in the Premier League, especially this season's Premier League, it's so congested. I'm looking at the table now. We've dropped down to ninth as of recording. But between ninth and second, Leicester in where Leicester are in second, there's three points between us. So mm-hmm. every single point that you gain on the road is valuable. So that's, that's why I completely agree with Ralph. We, we had three key injuries to our team going away in the Premier League we've got to take a point yeah our away form as well quick stat on that because it is fantastic lost just one of our past 13 uh, Premier League games away from home and we are unbeaten now I think in seven unbeaten in seven on the road the last defeat was was at Palace on the opening day um, we were good away from home last season and what let us down was our home form now we, we, we've beaten the likes of Sheffield United, Newcastle, West Brom, when these teams are scrapping down the table, we, we, we found it difficult to win. Now we're winning those home games and, and if our away form holds up, which it looks like it's doing, um, and we can keep this unbeaten run going, then I think we're, we're looking at a comfortable top half finish and, and if we can push on even further. Completely agree, Pat. And I think you mentioned it last week, these injuries that we're picking up at the moment might you know, give give the Southampton board a little bit of a nudge in the January transfer window because we've put ourselves in a brilliant position. We've got mm. 25 points on the board after 15 games. We're now picking up injuries to key players as expected as you do in the Premier League. Maybe we do need a little bit more strength and depth because I think it's so obvious that Ralph doesn't trust everyone in that team. If he did yeah. trust the bench, he puts players in um, yeah. you know, easily. So there's potentially a few more new faces that we need. And can we wrap Danny Ings and Cotton Wall and not risk him with three with three games in six days when he comes back, please? Just because the more the more I think about that, the, the angrier I get because it was just absolutely crazy. 
And now, now we are in a position where he he has the ability in those games. To, we'd, we'd come away with a one 0 win, I think. There, if we had Danny Ings fully fit yeah. and playing um, to the best of his ability. But yeah, these injuries are, are hurting us. But fingers crossed, we get back on track against West Ham on Tuesday. We'll speak to you then, Jack. Until then, have a good couple of days and let's catch up then. Awesome, Pat. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.